it's such an important concept, Jake, that we understand, um, even within our own heart, that we can we can open the door, you know, for the, the for the enemy to come in and distract us and turn us away from that place of hunger and that place of longing and that place of brokenness. Um, and for me, it's such an important uh, prayer, I guess, that I pray on a daily basis that it keep me humble because it's it's walking in that place of, of anointing and blessing that actually should cause us to realize how much it's not about us, you know, how much of it it is his anointing. <laughs> it's not about me. It's not me. It's him. And I, I mean, I just think that's such a significant thing. Demonic Deliverance. Today, I'm going to talk with my good friend, Jake Hill, about his story of being delivered from demons. And he and I are going to get into a conversation about why God is moving in this ministry from the place of compassion. We're going to talk about why we need to see it more in the body of Christ, but we're also going to talk about why there's maybe a problem with it with people building their own platforms. If you guys need to see deliverance in your church or in your ministry, ministry, maybe you need to have deliverance for yourself. This is a podcast that you want to be a part of. Hey guys, so glad you are back with us for the Burning Messengers podcast. I'm so excited. Today I have a friend of mine with me. His name is Jake Kale. He is a powerful man of God, not just in what he does in ministry, but who he is as a father, who he is as a leader and as a pastor, but most of all, who he is as a son of God. He is a leader, an apostolic leader um, in Pennsylvania over his local church, and he also has a lot of whipping ministry that he does in the area of deliverance through podcasts and different types of things like that. Jake, thank you so much for being a part of this with us. Thank you for jumping onto this podcast. Yeah, Tammy, thanks so much. It's great to be here. Look forward to this conversation. I'm sure it's going to be a great conversation. Thanks. Absolutely. Well, Jake, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'd like to know, you know, just who, who is Jake Kale? Um, I know, but can you let everybody else know who are you? What's a little bit of your story? How did you find yourself where you are right now? Yeah, so just a kind of a quick version. I mean, I grew up in a great Christian family, hearing about the gospel, hearing about Jesus. But when I was 19 years old, really had a true encounter with God. It was a deep work of repentance, encountering God's love. And I was dramatically set free from the power of sin, different bondages to sin. And it just kind of propelled me into a uh, just a deep walk with the Lord, hungering for him, devouring his word. And it just kind of progressed from that over the last 20 years. And um, yeah, I'm married uh, to my wife, Anna. We have three amazing kids, live in Pennsylvania. And so, yeah, I'm helping to lead a church here as well and do some some writing, some speaking, some traveling. And so, yeah, just have a heart for, for God, have a heart for the presence of God, yeah. to know him more, to advance his kingdom, and a real passion to see other people set free and just delivered from all types, uh, types of depression, oppression, right. bondage, torment. And so, yeah, it's just a quick, quick snapshot there. Yeah. And so deliverance is a real passion of yours because you personally experienced deliverance and um, and you share about that a lot in your podcast in different areas, uh, just an understanding of th- this is a personal thing for you. Um, and so tell us a little bit, like, what were you set free from? What did yep. what did God do in, in the area of deliverance for you personally? 
Yeah. So, so yeah, when I was in middle school, I got exposed to pornography for the first time just as uh, from a classmate and it just really planted a, a seed of sexual immorality and lust, perversion. And so yeah, I was drawn into sexual sin. I was also drawn into the party lifestyle, drinking, mm -hmm. alcohol, partying. And, you know, this whole time I would have considered myself a believer, but was just really not really walking right. with the Lord. I was very deceived and I was in bondage to sin. And so, yeah, when I was 19 and I had this encounter, I mean, it was a deep work of repentance, like I said earlier, but I was also dramatically set free and wow. pornography was broken from my life. It was never a problem ever again. Just even the, the thoughts and all that, you know, all that goes with that. I was just dramatically set free from that. And then also just the desire to drink and go party and get drunk. Just, yeah, also anger. I had, I had anger issues. Wow. And so, yeah, like so much of it, all that was just broken off of my life in this encounter with God. And so, like you said, I just became really passionate for other people mm -hmm. to experience freedom because I experienced this freedom. I knew it was so real. And I knew that this is for all of God's people. Like Jesus yeah. wants people free. He paid the price for it. So, yeah, it's definitely a, a passion of mine. Yeah, and, I, and the thing about it is, I'm like, I have a similar story, a little bit different, but similar story, how God just literally set me free, delivered me of particular bondages that I was wrestling with as a religious person for a really long time. But the power of the Holy Spirit came in and like literally set me free. And I think that's why it says, you know, he who's forgiven much loves much. And there's such a compassion. There's such a pa passion in us to see others set free because we have been set free and it's such a, a beautiful thing um and a lot of times i think we think that behavior modification can change everything but god comes in by the power of his spirit and right. out of compassion sets us free um and so it's such a powerful story guys just listen to that if you're even on the fence wondering you know is this real is it you know the deliverance has been a big conversation lately is it real? How is God moving? Jake shares a lot. And I actually just listened to one of his podcasts about the purity behind deliverance and how God is moving in this way. Jake, how does um, prayer shape your life? And what does prayer have to do with moving in the power of God? Yeah, I mean, it's all connected. I mean, prayer, I mean, early on in my walk with the Lord, God really highlighted to me that I need to become a person of prayer. I need to make that a top priority. I need to learn how to pray, spend time alone with the Lord in the secret place. And that's the model we see of Jesus. In Mark chapter one, we see him doing all this ministry. He's in a synagogue. He's casting out a demon. All the people are coming. All the crowds are coming. He's healing people. He's casting out demons. But then in verse 35, it says early in the morning before the sun rose, he goes out to a solitary place all by himself. And there it says he prayed. And I believe that is yeah. a, a secret to the ministry of Jesus is the secret yes. place. And that's right. what he taught us in Matthew 6. He said, when you pray, go in your room, shut the door, pray yeah. to your father in the secret place. And so that that really has just become, uh, you know, early on in my walk became just the most important thing for me. I personally believe that all true ministry flows out of intimacy with God. Amen. All true ministry flows from that place, from the secret place, from that private devotion, that place of personal connection with the Lord. I think that's what allows that fruit to be produced right. and for it to be done in a healthy, biblical, compassionate way, because our roots are going deep into God himself. And then, and then we're able just to follow his voice and, and be led by his spirit. But it comes from that place of relationship and intimacy with the Lord.
That's right. And so you, when you teach on deliverance, when you talk about deliverance, when you function deliverance, um, one thing that you have said is it's not an end of itself, right? It's not mm-hmm. something that that's, you're delivered and then that's all. And you, co- you connect that with a lifestyle of prayer. Um, yes. Can you talk a little bit more about that process of connecting prayer with deliverance? And, you know, why is it not just the demon leaves and, and we're good? Yeah, because, you know, deliverance, you know, like you said there, like it's not meant to be an end in and of itself. In other words, it's meant to propel us into more of God. So it's not just about getting rid of oppression or torment as great as that is. I mean, yes, that's a key component because if those things are there, if there's demonic influence in our life, then we can't seem to move forward. We can't seem to break free. We can't seem to grow in our walk with the Lord. But it's not just about getting free. It's once we are free now we're free to know God more. Now we're free to grow in holiness. Now we're free to step into our purpose or walk in our giftings. And so I think it's really key for deliverance to be connected to discipleship, mm-hmm. spiritual growth, prayer, and just really, if, if, if we keep the relationship with the Lord central and the main focus, I think that's going to really solve a lot of problems foundationally. And that's going to keep us on a, on, on a good track in, mm-hmm. this whole, in this whole area. Absolutely. Do you think that in in our current state of, you know, our up and coming um, emerging voices and even our age group of ministers, do you think we have a current state where we are maybe teetering a little bit off on the wrong side? Does, is God trying to bring us back into a place of purity? What does that look like for us right now? Yeah, I mean, I think there's always the opportunity for corruption to come in to any kind of um, area of ministry. So whether it's deliverance, whether it's the prophetic or other areas, Mm -hmm. we have to always make sure we are recalibrating to the heart of God and we are just keeping our roots deep into him. And so, yeah, I do think that that sometimes different things might creep in to Mm -hmm. different areas of ministry, including deliverance, where sometimes it becomes more of a spectacle or sometimes we make it about us as the minister, right? I always say deliverance is a ministry of compassion for the oppressed. It's not meant to be about me as a minister. It's not meant to be about the demons, although we have to address and cast out the demons. We shouldn't be demon-centered with deliverance. We should be Christ-centered with deliverance, and we should be compassionate towards the people. So, yeah, sometimes I get you know concerned that maybe um, we could veer off a little bit and it can become more of a spectacle, uh, more about the one ministering. And so, yeah, I just have a heart to see a pure expression that we keep it biblical we don't have to yep. deviate into all kind of other things that are outside of scripture. We can just keep it with the scripture. We can keep it compassionate. We can keep it centered on Jesus, focused on him, pointing people to him. And I think that's going to help just, yeah, keep us, keep us where we need to be. Yeah. So you talk about a little bit about prophetic purity in ministry too. So we're talking about different power manifestations. We're also talking about the gifts of the spirit. And you and I have something in common that's very strong in common. It's prayer and purity. Those two words um, in when, when we're talking about, you know, this is the burning messengers podcast. We're talking about equipping messengers. How can we stay in the place where we're tender before the Lord and we have prophetic purity and we have purity in our as we move in the power of God? How can we keep ourselves in that place and not our, not find ourselves like those whom he said he never knew? You know, even yeah. though they moved in the power gifts or they moved in the fivefold gifts. Yes, that's a great question. It's a very important question. I think there's some simple. I mean, there's not not necessarily a 
a, a formula, but I think there's some keys. And I think that if we will prioritize the secret place, I think that's going to be a huge, huge key. So it goes back to what I said earlier. You know, Jesus had a balance of public ministry and private devotion. And he, he balanced that out. We see that in Luke 5. I think it's verse 15 and 16. It says, all the crowds were coming to hear him teach, to be healed of their diseases. And it says, so he often withdrew from the crowds to pray. He made it a yeah. regular practice. And I think what can happen sometimes is, is if we are growing in ministry, we're growing in our calling, and especially in, the, in this area of supernatural ministry, whenever we're moving in the power of God, it's going to attract the attention of people. Mm-hmm. And so it can be dangerous okay. if we have an expanding public influence, but we have a shrinking private devotion, that is a recipe for disaster. That's going to that's gonna veer us off track. And so if we, we have to fight to keep the secret place the number one thing, that, that's going to go a long way in keeping us on track. If we yeah. will fight to keep the secret place as the main, as, as that main yeah. thing. I think that's a huge part of maintaining an atmosphere of purity an expression of purity in all these areas of ministry. I think that's so, mm-hmm. so key. I mean, there's obviously other areas. Something that the Lord was really showing me earlier is that we have to see a marriage between blessing and brokenness. Ooh, that's those good. two are actually supposed to wow. go together. And I saw this in Mark chapter six, when Jesus was feeding the 5,000, it says he took the bread, he blessed it and he broke it. And for me, that blessing represents God's anointing, God's empowerment. And that brokenness to me speaks of humility, speaks of compassion, speaks of dependence on the Lord. And if we walk in the blessing of God, but we resist that process of brokenness, then that could, that could, that could get us on the wrong track as well, because we're operating in power and, and God can give genuine gifts and we could walk in those gifts. But then what do we do with that? Will we Mm -hmm. yield to his process? of allowing that humility, that dependence on him, and just really keeping the focus on Jesus, really just yes. keeping it on him and being intentional to, to humble ourselves and to point people to the Lord. But yeah, just marrying those two, blessing and brokenness, being married together, I think is just such an essential thing right now. Wow, that's so powerful, blessing and brokenness. And it says that blessed are the broken, <laughs> for theirs is the kingdom. And and everywhere you see the move of God in scripture, everywhere you see the move of power in the New Testament, it says the kingdom of heaven has come near or the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of God is here. And so it's blessed are the broken. It's that humility that actually makes way for the power of the kingdom to come and be manifest. And it's such an important concept, Jake, that we understand um, even within our own heart, that we can we can open the door, you know, for the, the for the enemy to come in and distract us and turn us away from that place of hunger and that place of longing and that place of brokenness. Um, and for me, it's such an important uh, prayer, I guess, that I pray on a daily basis that He keep me humble, because it's it's walking in that place of of anointing and blessing that actually should cause us to realize how much it's not about us, you know, how much of it, it is his anointing. <laughs> it's not about me. It's not me. It's him. And I, I mean, I just think that's such a significant thing. So we talk a lot. You got, you have a, the Torch Bearers podcast. This is the Burning Messengers podcast. We're talking about equipping. 
we're talking about raising up messengers at the end of the age. Um, and we're talking about this, this blessing and this anointing. We're also talking about humility. Um, how can we give those that maybe are coming up right now some real personal keys to keep humility at the forefront? How can they know if they're beginning to turn towards a place where it is um, becoming a, a prideful gift or moving maybe in the wrong spirit? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. I'm just reminded of, you know, the Apostle Paul. Uh, it's in First Corinthians 2. He said that when he came, he wanted to know nothing but Jesus and him crucified, Christ and him crucified. And then right after that, he said his message and his, message and his preaching was not with wise and persuasive words, yeah. but with a demonstration of the power of God, the Holy Spirit and power. And so again, I see a marriage between that brokenness, the cross, and then the power of God. And really, you know, Christ is the example, right? Mm -hmm. Just meditating on the cross, meditating on who Jesus is. You know, he, it says in Philippians, he lowered himself. He he, he humbled himself, yes. first of all, just to come to this earth, yep. right? God himself took on flesh, but then he also lowered himself to become a servant. And then he took it further and became obedient to death and this, this horrible, horrific, humiliating death on the cross. And so I think just if we can maintain that attitude, like Paul said, man, I need to know Jesus. I need to know Jesus and him crucified. And I yeah. think that's, that's going to help us. And then, you know, how do we respond to other people's praise? How do we respond to other people? Isn't it great to be encouraged? It's great to receive compliments, right? That's nothing wrong with that. But how do we respond when, you know, people praise us because God works through us or people look to us a certain way because God's moving? Do we feed on that or do we release that to the Lord, right? Yeah. So, you know, if somebody, you know, you know, because when God moves through you, people are going to be drawn. People right. are going to be drawn. People are going to look up to you. Humans have a tendency to place others on a pedestal. Yep. And we have to make the choice not to allow ourselves to receive worship. Right. Absolutely. And that's what we see. That's what we see the apostles doing. They tried to worship Paul. And he said, no, no, yep. no, no. I'm just, a, I'm just a person just like you. Right. And yep. um, so, so how do we respond when, when people are praising us? Like, do we, do we allow that to feed our ego or do we just say, you know, thanks for the compliment. And then we just that to the Lord. And that's we just, right. you know, we get in that secret place. And we say, God, it's all you. Like apart from yeah. you, I can do nothing. And yeah. we and we recognize that it's all because of his grace. We are dependent on him. If we're walking in gifts, it's because God gave it to us. Mm -hmm. If God's using us, it's because of his grace. And just right. keeping that mindset, we have to continually remind ourselves of that. And if we find ourselves starting to feed off of those things on our, in, a, in a wrong way, then that's time to just recalibrate, you know, do some fasting. Just you yeah. know, come into God's presence. And, you know, fasting is one of the ways we humble ourselves, the Bible right. says. It says, you know, in Psalms, it says, I humbled myself with fasting. So just, you know, finding those disciplines and those ways to maintain that healthy posture. And then I think another key is having people around us yes. that know us, like just in everyday life, yeah. that, that don't just know us when we're on a platform preaching yeah. or ministering. But, you know, like our like my wife and my kids or, you know, my my, you know, the the elder team where I serve at. Right. People that I walk with on a daily basis. Right. They just they see us for who we are as real people yeah. and and just, you know, allowing them to speak into our lives and um, just, yeah, just not not neglecting just that that everyday life of just what it means to be a, 
a person um, that has, you know, just uh, flesh, just like everybody else. Yeah. And um, yeah, not, not allowing ourselves to get elevated. It's really key. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I'm thinking about a mutual friend of ours, Jeremiah Johnson. He always says you need to keep people around you that aren't impressed with you. And he and I joke back and forth and I'm like, I'm that person, you know, in your life. I'm not impressed. But it, it is so true. You really do. You need to keep people in your life that aren't necessarily impressed with you, but they are, you know, they see you. They see you day in and day out. Um, and Bill Johnson said it this way, too, about receiving praise. He said that very often, you know, after you preach, after you minister, after God moves through you, people are like, oh, that was so good. And he said, Bill said, don't say, oh, it was it was not me. It was God. But say thank you. And then when you get in the secret place, go before the Lord and say, I believe this belongs to you. You hand that honor right back to the Lord. Um, And so I think that's a good balance there. It's like we're not a worm, but we and we are, you know, his sons and daughters. But man, it's him moving yeah. through us. And there's nothing like fasting and being around, you know, people day in and day out that aren't impressed with you that'll remind you, you know, how much you do need the grace of God. Amen. Yep. That's very good. I love that what you said about Bill Johnson. Yep. I think yeah. that's a great, great model, a great way to do that. It is. I've, I've you know, personally adopted that for myself. Um, but, and I found the pleasure of the Lord comes over me with that as well. Um, you know, something else I would like to know, what are your thoughts on seeing uh, deliverance more predominant in the church? Do you think there's a lack of deliverance in the church? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting because, you know, I've been ministering deliverance for just about 18 years. And, yeah. you know, the first first 10 years was mainly in personal settings, praying mm-hmm. for people individually. But then the last seven, eight years, it's been now more out in the open in groups and churches and conferences, traveling, doing equipping. And so, I mean, I've been just really, you know, contending to see deliverance restored to the church because it's such a key area of ministry. I mean, it's often a missing link in people's journey of freedom, of healing, of sanctification. And so, I, but, but as I see deliverance now becoming more and more out to the forefront, mm-hmm. I think I have two responses. One is excited. Like I'm excited because I just such, like I said, it's such a key ministry. And so I'm, I'm excited to see it getting more prominence, more attention, and more churches are embracing it. More believers are becoming open to it. So that's kind of one hand I feel you know excited about it. On the other hand, I feel a little bit nervous because yeah. it's like once something becomes more and more out in the open and more prominent, almost like it becomes more popular. And then mm-hmm. that leaves more room sometimes for some of that corruption to to get yep. in there. And so I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of walking in that type of a balance where it's like, yes, it's awesome to see it getting out there, but I'm like, just really you know, hopeful that we, we can see it done in a pure and healthy way. Yeah. And I feel the same way. And here's the thing. I think that compassion element, that humility element is what is so important in this conversation. And I was actually thinking about this earlier, um, Jake, your story, my story, you've been moving, you know, in this for many years. And, and a lot of people don't really know who Jake Kale is. And, and that's, that's okay. They don't really know Jake Kale's been doing min- uh, deliverance ministry for 18 years. And then all of a sudden you see, um, you know, this become more out front, you become, to, you see it become more popular and then it becomes, you know, uh, an opportunity, I guess, for the lack of a better word, uh, to build a platform. Mm-hmm. And 
earlier, you know, I was thinking about this, praying about this. Isn't that interesting how that happens, how the enemy will even use something that kicks him out of commission to bring pride and arrogance into play in order to stop the power of God from moving through his sons and daughters. I, I just I think that's that's just so shocking. But those of us that have been just walking with him for many years and just enjoying the fact that he likes to deliver his people are sitting back and watching this and we have mixed emotions about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very interesting way to put it. Yeah. And hadn't quite considered it the way you said it like that, Tammy. It's a very, yeah, very interesting way to put it. I think, I think that definitely rings true. And um, yeah, it is that, it is that compassion element. And I know like for, for me, um, very often when I minister deliverance to people, I mean, I'm, I'm literally weeping. There's literally a, a yes. weeping um, because it's, it's the love of God that just mm -hmm. is coming through. And when you hear people's stories, you hear about some of the trauma that people have gone through or people right. are confessing sins to you that they've never told another person. And it's, it's, it's very vulnerable and it's very just uh, sometimes heart wrenching when you hear some of the abuse and some of the trauma and it's just the love of God is so there. I mean, the Bible says that God is near to the brokenhearted. He's near to the brokenhearted. And so when these when 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 some are coming to you in that condition of that brokenness, that brokenheartedness, that trauma they've gone through, God comes near. And when his presence comes near, it's like, yeah, there's very often it's I can't help but just be, be weeping with under the compassion of the Lord. And so then to think. That something like that, that is so intimate and beautiful and holy, uh, can could be exploited, you know, could be exploited for personal gain, for influence, for money, for popularity. It's just, it's, it's, it's very heartbreaking. I think it's grieving. I think it's yeah. grieving to the Lord. Yeah, even as you're speaking, like I'm literally feeling the grieving of the Spirit. Um, I literally feel a groan welling up in me, tears coming, uh, because I do believe it's, um, it's such an important topic to his heart right now uh, that we remember that that he hates to see his sons and daughters in bondage. He hates to see the captive captive. And in this movement, even what, what we've asked him to move in signs and wonders, we've asked him to move in deliverance, that we have to remember that we we have an enemy that would love to capitalize on the very thing that he wants to bring forth and I believe is, you know, the birth pangs of revival It's the birth pangs of, you know, the answer to our, our cries for him to come and, and release justice in the earth. Because, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I can walk into a room and I can feel the bondage on people and it literally breaks my heart. It makes me weak. There's like I've said this before in just in a room before, you know, I went to speak at a place that I hate seeing people in bondage, whether it's a religious spirit or it's, you know, it's trauma from their past. And that's the that's the compassion of the Lord. And so I even feel like right now God is actually releasing a warning to us that I'm moving with power. But be alert and be aware because you do have an enemy that that would love to to you know take you down with him right now. Um, right. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. Yeah, it's right on. Yeah, because it's his longing to see the captive set free. I mean, oh, I don't even have I can't even I can't even explain that to the way to the level that I feel it. Mm -hmm. um, 
But anyway, so if you are able to, to really speak into the lives of, of those whom God is raising up right now, just even prophetically, because that's really a lot of our desire with this podcast is to tell the messengers, the emerging messengers, the current messengers of the Lord, um, whether they're in the church or they're in the, you know, in the marketplace, we want to express to them that they don't have to burn alone and that they, you know, there's a place for them to grow. I just want you to take like five to 10 minutes, Jake, and just really speak directly into those that are listening. Yeah, yeah, what an honor. And, you know, you're right. God is, God's raising up voices. God's raising up messengers. And, you know, I just, I want to encourage when we all have a process, every calling has a process to it. And, you know, John the Baptist, he was in the wilderness until the day of his manifestation. It says in Luke 180. He had a process. He had a time of waiting. He had a time of just being completely unknown. And God used that time. Joseph had his time, right? He was sold into slavery. He was betrayed. He was imprisoned after, uh, after obeying God. He ended up in prison, right? All these years go by. David, he had his calling. He received the prophetic word from Samuel. He even goes and takes out Goliath. And then he goes into this incredibly challenging trial uh, with King Saul being chased out, being hunted down, Saul being paranoid about him. And so with every calling, there is a process. There is a process. And sometimes when you're in the middle of that process, you you think it's never going to end. You think I'm always going to be in this wilderness. I'm always going to be in this season because that's all you can see. You can't see any way to the fulfillment of that calling. And so my encouragement is yield yourselves to God Trust God with your own journey, with your own process. It's not a formula. There's no exact same way, but there's patterns. We see this pattern in scripture. God gives a calling. Then there's a time of preparation. Then there is a release, a commissioning. And so I think there are many emerging messengers right now in that place of training, of preparation, of preparing, of wilderness, of testing. And God uses that. God uses that to refine us. God uses that to equip us. God uses that to bring that place of humility and brokenness. So don't despise that season. If you're in that season, if you're one of those ones that might be in that season where it it just doesn't seem like there's any way you can even get to that end of your calling, that fulfillment of your calling, that's Joseph being in prison. How could he ever be elevated to a place of authority like he had seen in his dream so many years ago? It seemed very impossible. But when the time is right, when God says it's time, there is a change of seasons. And then Joseph gets elevated to that place. But now he's ready to carry that weight. I mean, imagine being placed in that type of a prominent position. You are second in command to Pharaoh. You're making decisions. You're, I mean, you're pretty much calling the shots. That, that, that's a weighty type position. And some of the callings that, that, that you have, those who are watching this and listening to this, some of your callings are very weighty callings. And we're called to carry the word of God. We're called to be prophetic messengers. We're called to speak his word. I mean, think about the prophets in the Old Testament. It said that they were to stand in the counsel of God, that they were to be sent by God. They were to speak the word of God. These are weighty, weighty roles and responsibilities. And so if you're in that season where you just feel like things just aren't happening and there's trials, there's betrayals, there's confusion, I just want to release peace over you, grace over you, encouragement to you, and use this season to continue to cultivate the intimacy with the Lord. Use that season to cultivate the secret place. 
use that season to let your roots go deeper and deeper into him because once the season shifts and then there begins to be more fruitfulness, there begins to be more activity, there begins to be more fulfillment and open doors and you're beginning to step into your gifting. If you haven't cultivated that deep place of intimacy, those roots then aren't going to be deep enough to sustain that fruitfulness. And that's, you know, that leads to some of the stuff we talked about earlier, where some of the corruption can come in and we can get off track. But if you'll use that season of preparation to just let your heart be tenderized before God, let the roots go deep into him, deep in his word, deep in the secret place, deep in prayer, then when God begins to move and send you out, then you have that root system to sustain you, to strengthen you, to stabilize you. And, and, and then I, I think God's also teaching us to find our identity first and foremost as sons and daughters. Yeah. That, that's part of what this wilderness is about. That's part of what the training's about, part of what the preparation is about. He wants our identity to be rooted first and foremost as a, for me, a son, right? For you, Tammy, a daughter, right? For, so God, God wants that to be the foundation of our identity because yeah. that's, <clears throat> that's the only place of deep security and stability in him. That's where Jesus was rooted. Even before he was sent out to minister, he was baptized by John the Baptist and the father spoke, this is my son whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. That was before he cast out a demon. That was before he preached his first sermon. That was before he healed the sick. God wants us to stay in that place so that that ministry does not become an idol. Ministry does not become what we need to fulfill our lives. And yes, there's a reality of calling. Yes, there's a reality of gifting. That's all real. That's not the foundation of our identity. And it got, that's, that's part of what God's wanting to build into us, those messengers that are being prepared right now, those burning ones, those torchbearers. God God, God's training us so that we are rooted in our identity in Christ so that ministry does not become our identity. That's going to be go such a long way into yeah. keeping us pure, on the right track, rooted in God for the long run, right? We want longevity. We don't just want to be a flash in the pan and come on the scene and just burst. And then all of a sudden, you know, we get, we get pulled away. God's after longevity, endurance, long-term fruit, lasting fruit, eternal fruit. And so trust the Lord in, in, your, in your own process, wherever you're at in that journey, trust the Lord in that process. Just continue to yield yourself to him. Keep saying yes to him every day. Keep saying yes to him, yes to the calling, yes to obedience, walk in his grace, and, and you'll, you'll be amazed at how God will continue to unfold and, and just connect and, and, uh, and make things, just make a way uh, for what he's doing through you, because it's really all about what he's doing and what, what his calling is. So, yeah, I think we're in an incredible time in the body of Christ. Like you said, we're seeing birth pangs of revival. Mm-hmm. We're seeing just, you know, beginnings of decades of prayer that have been prayed, you know, just, you know, for all these years of crying out. I believe God's just beginning to show us the first signs of answer to that. We're seeing a lot of changing of the guard because we're seeing, um, you know, those who have been generals, those who've been leading, uh, just coming to, you know, maybe they're, maybe they've passed away or they're getting older, they're passing the baton. So it really is a, a very key time in the body of Christ at large. And so I would not be surprised at all over this next, you know, five years, 10 years to see an emergence of, of many of these messengers that just like John the Baptist have been in the wilderness. Yep. Nobody knows who they are, but God knows who they are. And God will bring them on the scene at the right time, at the right time, in the right place. Amen. And it's all for his purpose, all for his kingdom, all for his glory. Amen. 
Amen. And I just want to say this um, as he was speaking, my heart was stirred. I believe there's there's somebody that's watching, maybe a few of you, and you've actually felt a lot of pressure. Um, you've been trying to figure out, you know, you're you're emerging or how do you fit or where's your voice? And I feel like the Lord really wants you to know that the pressure is off, that the calling is to be a son, a daughter. Um, this this is who you are. And then he's been deepening those roots for you and solidifying for you your identity as a son and a daughter, not so you can get into ministry well, but so that you will know how to walk eternally in who you are. Um, And so the pressure right now to perform or the pressure to be in a position is off of you completely. It's not a punishment. You've not been put on the shelf. It's actually because he loves you so deeply that he wants you to know that your eternal identity is his son, his daughter. And I just wanted to release that right now. I was feeling that burning in my heart. Jake, can you pray just as we close out? For those that are watching. Absolutely. Yep, I'd love to. Yeah. Father, I thank you so much for every person watching this right now. God, wherever they're at in their journey, God, I pray. I pray your Holy Spirit would come upon them in a tangible way, even right now. Let the power of the Holy Spirit come upon them. Let your love fill their hearts. God, I pray for those that need deliverance. I pray for that same anointing of Isaiah 61, Lord, that would heal the broken heart and set the captive free in the name of Jesus. God, would you come and minister even freedom? Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I break the power of that spirit of heaviness. I command every spirit of heaviness and oppression to come out, to lift off, every spirit of fear to leave the people now in Jesus' name, every spirit of infirmity I command to go in Jesus' name. And God, I pray a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let your Holy Spirit, God, come upon each one in a fresh way. Give us a deeper revelation of Jesus. Empower us, God, to carry your heart, your love, your fire, God. Make us messengers of fire, God, those burning ones. I pray your grace. I pray your blessing, your hand upon each one right now, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jake. Guys, Jake has abundance of resources. He's got a podcast called Torchbearers. He has uh, multiple books that he's written on the ministry of deliverance and different things. I believe, Jake, you have a book, new book you're releasing right now also. Am I right? Yes, I'm working on it right now. It's it's yeah. uh, planning to be released over the summer. It's a book on okay. the secret place it's called Living okay. from the Secret Place. But yeah, all my stuff's on my, on my website, on my books and resources are on my website. Amen. So that's jakehell.com. We're going to have all of that information for you in the description. Follow him. Um, get your hands on some of these resources. And man, he's he's a wealth of information and he's as pure hearted as it gets. Y'all know that is so important to me to bring you burning messengers who have a pure heart and they're actually walking out and living the message that they preach. So thank you so much, Jake, for joining us. Thank you guys for being with us again this week. Remember, you don't have to burn alone be sure to share this out and you know let other people benefit from knowing that they don't have to burn alone they don't have to be burning ones that are sitting somewhere in isolation we love you guys thank you so much again for being with us this week Thank you for listening to this episode of Burning Messengers. You don't want to miss what's coming next week. So if you haven't subscribed, please do so wherever you listen to podcasts. And if this word touched your heart, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. To connect with Tammy, follow her on social media. 
or visit frontlinefire.org. You don't have to burn alone.